All right. So uh, I thought for a minute there, Kevin had walked over here and swiped my notes and started reading straight from it the way he was praying. <laughs> so um, in uh, I was I, pastor, uh, I, I touched base with him and, and uh, he said it would be helpful for him that I could uh, teach tonight. So uh, this this is what God gave me for this. Uh, so First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And uh, so the, all three of those things in Thessalonians uh, certainly fit this this theme. And um, the th- the thought that, you know, the, the main thought of what this is about is, you know, it's not hard to be thankful when good things happen. And we don't say, why, Lord, why did you send this good thing in my life? I don't know that I've ever prayed that. Not one single time. Uh, but when things that come our way that we would not wish for, um, we have questions. We have, uh, and then there's all kinds of things about this. So I, I thought about this when it says, verse 18, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Certainly that includes, and, and maybe even specifically, is touching on the thought of things that we are not naturally thankful for. And so certainly we are having this thought or, or reflecting on this in the midst of, of uh, Marion having passed on and many other things uh, uh, that, again, there, there are things that can be heartbreaking and tragic. And yet the Bible says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we need to be careful how we would share that with somebody. If someone has something heartbreaking come into their lives, you don't say cheer up. You know, hey, this is something to be thankful for. That's not the case. And I don't think that's what God's teaching us just to put a happy smile on on uh, things. But the thing, but the truth is, is we can be thankful to God at all times because of who he is. And so um, my my note here says we are literally to give thanks unto God for all things and at all times. So number one in your notes is we are to be thankful for the good that we can see. And uh, and underneath that, these these are real easy things. So I, I really didn't see the need to elaborate on these. The salvation mercies, you know, any child of God who's ever had to go to the Lord begging for forgiveness for something he has said or, or thought or done or anything that fits in that category. And yet the Bible is filled with examples or filled with God's promises that he does forgive that he does restore unto us the joy of our salvation. And so we are, to, we are commanded to come straight to the throne of God with our needs and specifically with our sins and, and ask for mercy. And the Bible says that his mercy is everlasting. In other words, by the grace and mercy of God, it does not run out. And we don't get God answering with a tally of how many times I, I have asked God for forgiveness. Or even in a specific matter. And the truth is, is God is merciful. And he, he specifies that He is that to us, His people specifically. And provision. You know, and, and I thank God for all the promises in the Bible that, again, specify that He will meet our needs. You know, as the world changes and changes dramatically, the gas prices go up and all the other prices go up and all these other things. God is faithful 
And we are never, listen, this is something that God means for us to get down into our very souls. We are never to fret or worry. Now, the Bible says that, that, that you know, and there's a passage talking about for, the, for all these things that the Gentiles do. Now, those, those, those who do not have any claim to God, they fret, they worry, they do all kinds of things. But God's people are not to do that. And we all, I, I think we can also admit to being guilty of it anyway. I want to ask for a show of hands, but I can tell you, <laughs> I fret. I, I tend to worry about things. Uh, I'll never forget uh, uh, when the COVID thing was happening, and Melissa and I were pretty anxious about that. And uh, I just, I, we, our family had gotten together, and I asked our kids to pray about it. That uh, you know that we were concerned about about the vaccine. And uh, one of my kids just absolutely had a blowout. <laughs> I mean, she, I mean uh, that that child was absolutely panicking, a full blown panic. And, uh, and I was just thinking about looking back, you know, and, and God really seemed to orchestrate everything that we needed at that time. And we got through that. I didn't have to get vaccinated. We think that would have been a real danger to me. I have real clotting issues. And it was the Dr. Hingy who put on my thing, <laughs> Brett has active, efficient clotting. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's a really good way of putting that. <laughs> uh, I had to go. I had to. Our, our contract's been up in flux uh, for a couple of months now, and it's now settled. But we've had to go get our cat cards renewed like five times. And I still have to do it again. And so anyway, I'm in the security office again trying to get my cat card recoded. And, uh, and so the, the lady who's doing it, she goes, so I see you, you, want, you, you had access to this tower up here. And I used to go up these stairs constantly, you know, for exercise just to get my steps in. And, uh, and I said, well... I had three strokes. My wife said, no more of that. <laughs> and I said that that lady looked at me. <laughs> and she had ab- absolute concern on her. But she goes, you, you need to be careful. You need to take care of yourself. <laughs> and uh, I guess what I'm getting at is that God has taken care of me. God is faithful. God has seen us through so many things in our life. And listen, folks, we and I know we do this sometimes and we need to do it regularly. We need to take a moment and stop and be thankful just for how much God has intervened in our lives. So many times when we we sought God's help, we sought God's rescue, we sought his deliverance. And so God's salvation, his mercies, his provision, his protection. Listen, all those things. Those things come from God. Deliverances come from God. Blessings come from God. The Bible says every good gift comes from above. Now, listen, that is universally true on planet Earth today. Every good thing is a gift from God throughout the planet. And I'm, we're, we're, we're talking about billions of people alive, all receiving blessings from God And as far as we can tell by the state of the planet, most are not thankful to God for it. But it is true. Nonetheless, every good thing comes from God. Even if man does not recognize where his blessings come from. So specifically, Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to be thankful for the good that we can see. And 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 again, it's not hard just to take things for granted. It seems by nature that we're just. Guilty of that all the time, just taking God's blessings for granted, you know, and, and I, I am I am awfully thankful for those times where I feel like God has has turned a light bulb on for me and said, look, 
at all the blessings that God has given you. And don't do not forsake to be thankful for the blessings that God has given you. Listen, Paul, the apostle could could be singing the praises of God from a prison cell because God was still good in the prison cell. That's true. No matter what our circumstances are, God is that wonderful God that has given me great and precious promises, like Peter says, exceedingly great and precious promises that don't change regarding my circumstances. Brother Patrick. I have to go out and find this. <laughs> and we know that all things work together for good. For the good. Amen. To them to love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Absolutely. And that's the thing that's supposed to guide our perception. You know, when things are good or things are bad or whatever, God is still the, the good God that he is. All things work together for the good. And I can look back and I can and I, and I know Brother Albie, others have laid claim to this very truth that looking back, I can see accurately that God had a purpose to things that I could not see at the time when I was going through something that I did not want to go through. Matter of fact, my prayer at that time and often still would be, Lord, get me out of this just as quick as you can. Lord, get me out of this. And yet I look back and I did not always get out of those things quickly. And yet God had a purpose to them. He always does. Never does God just send pain our way. God has never done that and never will do that. You know who says that in our hearts or in our ears? Satan does. He's the one that says that God does not care. God is not concerned about what's happening to you or God hates you or some foolish thing like that. So number two, we are to be thankful for things we don't understand. We are to be thankful for things we don't understand. You could put parentheses bad. <laughs> be thankful. And, and again, it's not like you're saying, Lord, thank you. My car broke down. Thank you. No, we're not saying that. It's just that God is going to cause something like Paul, like, like uh, Patrick just read a minute ago. God is causing all things to work together for the good. And the thing is, is our perception is so limited. I can only see right now and going forward. And even that I don't fully understand. I can't even fully appreciate everything that God's done in the past. God, however, has plans that are so much bigger than my understanding that even if God could open my eyes so that I could understand my situation perfectly, I still would not have all the cards. Only God does. And so the thing is, is God is doing and I'm getting ahead of myself. So letter A, we often have undesirable circumstances, even when we're praying for God's help or deliverance. And that's I guess I thought of that just because there have been times you you can say, Lord, I, I need help. Lord, I need and you could name a specific situation. I need this to be different from what it is. And it could be a child. It could be a, a basic need of something broken in the house, you know, or something like that. And it does not get fixed right away. As soon as you say, amen, you know, what? rarely that's just, that's the case that things will automatically get fixed. As soon as you say, amen, matter of fact, I, I again, looking back, I can see how God kept me. In situations I did not want to be in. And he accomplished something that I am actually thankful for now. And it's not that God was pleased that I was suffering. It's that God has a plan that I did not understand then. I doubt that I fully understand now. God is just that faithful. 
The whole world is going to have suffering. The whole world is going to have bad things happen to them. But in a Christian's life, we can know for certain that God causes all things to work together for the good. For those who are the called according to his purpose. There's a purpose that God has that we often know very little of, if anything. And so uh, we often have undesirable circumstances when praying for God's help or deliverance. And so I have a list here. Loss of loved ones. We certainly know all about that. Unanswered prayers, misfortune, missed opportunities, things you could say, Lord, please, please. Like uh, when uh, (laughs) when Barney (laughs) was that what you said, Barney? Huh? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) When Barney was looking for a job, (laughs) it didn't happen right away. I mean, we had to wait. We had to wait for that. That was, listen, it's not that God wasn't answering the prayer. It's that God had a specific timing. God always does. It's, it's not that God isn't answering or that he doesn't care. And so um, all those things, loss of loved ones, unanswered prayer, misfortune, missed opportunities. Letter B, uh, letter B is. You never have unanswered prayer. Right. Or an answer that we did not expect or that that there's just some there's there's just something that we don't know yet. There's plenty of things we don't know yet. We're asking amiss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amen. And that's something James says. And sometimes we ask amiss. We ask with our heart in the wrong spot, asking for the wrong thing. And so uh, Job exemplifies this best. And so I have princes outside of that. As, as in what he exemplifies best is faith and response to bad things. So you see these two things in, in the first two chapters of Job. Many are familiar with Job that, uh, that, that God and the sons of God gather together and Satan came also among them. And God starts off the discussion with, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man that he shoes evil. He hates evil. He, he you know, stays away from evil. And, uh, and, and so that was, the first volley in the discussion, God opened it up with, have you considered my servant Job that he's an upright man and he hates evil and uh, and Satan's response. So, you know, what Satan does all throughout the book of Job is in response to what God says. And that's a <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one that's horrified at the idea of of. God, you know, inciting <laughs> something that will bring pain into someone's life. And yet, listen, again, we fail to understand the way things are, the way the equation actually is on planet Earth today, that our lives are not about our comfort. They're not. Our lives don't relate to how I can get the most satisfaction out of this day. That's not the purpose for me being alive on planet Earth today. The purpose for my life involves God's plans. How God may be glorified. How God may accomplish his purposes on planet earth today. That is what my life is about on planet earth. And yet I wake up and I am pursuing, you know, if I'm going to work, it's to pay my bills. The, you know, my mind, my, my, again, it's just something you wake up with the consciousness of the, of my immediate world. And yet God's, God's not thinking in those regards at all. It's not that God denies us things. We know he doesn't. He, he does. He, he does give us good things and is not seeking to deny us things that we would like. But the truth is, is our our purpose on planet Earth is so much bigger than that. So 
after Job had lost so much in Satan's volleys that he gave in response to God's challenge, have you considered my servant Job? So Satan is seeking, and, you, if you, and we get this. It always amazes me that we get this in chapter 1. In the beginning verses of, of, of the book of Job, we get this, and then we see the entire book of Job, Job struggling, truly struggling with his circumstances and the appearance of God not answering. There's a great deal. That's what Job is. Job's struggle with God's seeming unresponse or, or maybe even as Job's three friends said, God is actually punishing you for hidden sin. But even Job, Job's responses go far off in the, in, into, into left field. So anyway, let me uh, go ahead and look at this, that Job's initial faith and response to bad things is documented here in Job chapter one. And he, and he says after his, his incredible, it, it is incredibly, uh, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> um, all these things happening at the exact same moment as in. One person comes in and says, all the flocks were destroyed or all killed and I alone escaped and all the servants were killed and I alone escaped. All of your children were killed and I alone escaped to tell you all these things. One one messenger after another. And before he's done, another one has come in all to give Job the worst news ever. And Job's response to that is, well, let me let me just turn there. because I'd like to get more than just the verse I'm, I'm about to share in Job chapter one. That's Old Testament, right? Yeah, there we go. Job chapter 1 and verse 20. Let's look at verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In, in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. And so as Job received bad news going worse, as he received repeatedly over and over and over news, just getting astronomically worse. I don't believe there's been anybody since Job, <laughs> with the exception of the Lord Jesus, who suffered like he did. I, I can't imagine it. And and yet Job arose. And you notice how the Bible says in verse 20, Job arose, rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. So this thing wasn't just something he couldn't care less about. Job was in deep grief over specifically. I mean, there's there's so much loss here, not just the loss of stuff, but but his own family. Yes, ma'am. Wasn't he also covered in boils? Yeah, that happened later. <laughs> OK, so that that happened. Uh, so Satan takes all that he has. And then then uh, the, ne the next time you see. Let me just start in verse two, chapter two. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and, and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath he will give for his life. But, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. So in the previous chapter, God had put the restriction on him. You can take everything from him, but you can't touch him. 
And now Satan says all that a man has, he will give for his life. And so God is allowing him to actually touch Job, but he's not allowing him to take his life. And there's a lot of things about we see in the in spiritual conflict about this, that God has limits on Satan. Satan is not just recklessly doing anything he wants. He does have a certain amount of freedom. He is the prince in the power of the air. He is allowed to exercise his movement on planet Earth, but he is not operating without restriction from God, specifically in the lives of his people. And that's something we can all praise God about. I, I know I'm probably not the only one that gets a shimmy <laughs> thinking about, you know, the fact that there are evil forces at work in this world. I, I don't I don't like it. It makes me very uncomfortable to think that. And yet at the same time, the Bible also says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be anxious. We only have the Lord to that's all we need. He is our armor. He is our, our, our. So anyway, the point is, is that Satan is put under restrictions. And so now Satan says, put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. And he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his head unto his crown. And he took him a pot sheared, potsheared to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. Verse nine. So that's where we're going next. Anyway, (laughs) then said his wife unto him, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die, which is what Satan wanted Job to say. Curse God and die. But he said unto her, (coughs) excuse me. But he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. And so, again, Job's response to this world of attack from Satan. Now, listen, so many a times, I mean, my wife and I, we, we, we discuss things all the time. Hey, is this, a, is this an attack from, from spiritual forces? Is, is this Satan? You, you refer to demons collectively as Satan. Is this Satan attacking us? But listen, in this circumstance is recorded, this is Satan himself. And he has painted a bullseye on Job's head. And yet, at the same time, God is preserving his life and God has a purpose to everything that you read. Now, listen, we read from Job, Job one and two on through Job 37. And it's a great deal of misery. And by the way, it's the, 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 uh, the attack wasn't limited just to these things either. As you read the, the book of Job, you find out he has nightmares He has and at day he wishes it was night at night. He wishes it was day. And then he has his three friends. I don't know. I don't know if they're his closest friends or what, but they come and they accuse him. So listen, and and then you just saw what happened with his wife. These are those on planet Earth who are closest to him. And Satan is manipulating them. Now, listen, (laughs) all of these things. And yet God is still Worthy of praise. God is still the holy and merciful God that he is. Thing is, is our perception is so limited. Now, listen, I I have to say this about the book of Job. I am very thankful that God had the book of Job put in my life. Because it instructs me all the time. 
The book of Job is a well that you can continually draw from. Now, God had Job go through these things that people say that Job is the first book of the Bible written. All these things tell us, listen, there is some very important things we need to learn from the life of Job. Things that apply to our lives. And as we look out this world, I was telling my wife on the way here, there are so many things I would say every single day. I think that's crazy. That's insane. Why would they say that? Why would they do that? Why do people give place to this? This is crazy. Can I get a show of hands of anybody else who thinks that on a daily basis? I would say hourly. I'm, I'm almost hourly, I think, now. And, and I, I, today, just today, I was thinking, I was telling Melissa on the way here. To me, this is <laughs> it's straight out evidence of the spiritual conflict in our world. I Listen, I do not think that people should under normal circumstances be buying into the stuff they're buying into in in our world today. But but America in particular, I can't I, I, I can't believe I mean, I remember, when, you know, what was it? 2008. I remember thinking, man, we're in free fall now. It's never been this crazy before. Dude, dude, Brett from 2023. Go have a talk with dude, Brett at 20, 2008 and tell him, man, it gets a lot crazier than this. I, I, again, I, I keep wanting to respond with people have lost their minds. People have gone off the deep end and they're now just digging in the deep end. They're, they're, they're taking a shovel and digging in the deep end, going further down. And to me, it's evidence that Satan is active in the world, deceiving people. There's no reason that people should be buying this stuff. And you guys know what I'm talking about, the perversion, transgender why would people believe that? Why would people believe that they can take some drugs and cut themselves, mutilate their bodies, and suddenly they're the other, they're the other gender? It makes no sense at all. And why would people be thinking that it's a hate crime for people like me to believe like I do? It's not that I believe something like that's contrary. This is what God says. God says you can't be a man. If you're a woman, you can't be a man. And if you're a man, you can't be a woman. You know why? Because God made you a man if you're a man. Well, and, and, and listen, there's there's so many things. There's so many things about these things. You know, why? Why would anybody think that a, a biological male should be able to compete in a female sport? That's crazy. Well, it, it must be fair because the female can compete in the men's sports. Right. So that makes it fair. It, it's it's insane. Brain damage. It's <laughs> well, I, I, it definitely is that, but it's it's deception. Right. Satan is deceiving people's hearts and minds. It's heart damage too. I mean, Adam quoting in Romans one. Yeah. Change the rest of the sorry uh, before the, the natural they use of the. They became vain in their yeah. imaginations. The rule of heart was darkened. Professed to be wise, they became fools. Changed their glory. God, and it's like it's for those of us who have been enlightened with the Holy Spirit, and those who are in complete darkness. I mean, it, they're just so blind. Yeah, it's just how. Well, and, and that's that's the point is why can't they see how wrong that all is? And so, 
Job, uh, Job responded in faith to those things we saw in the first two chapters. But the rest of the book of Job, you see him struggling. And so we're, we're supposed to get to this. I don't know. This is I guess this is a bigger subject than I thought it would be. And so um, and my, my last note before you get to letter C is good and bad or for God to decide what's best. In other words, what we experience. Whatever it is, our lives are filled with the things that God sees best for us. And again, it, it's not that God wishes for us to suffer. And then again, there's also the chance that the, the, sometimes people fail to understand that we need God's correction. I mean, every one of us do. There's not a person alive who doesn't need God's correction. And so the truth is, is sometimes we just have to take inventory. Lord, is this is this correction from you that I'm experiencing these these difficult things? And sometimes it's not. Listen, the whole thing started. The whole thing started uh, with Job. He had not done something wrong. God was pointing out what an example he was of fearing God and walking in his ways. It did not. The, 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 the challenge to Satan did not start with Job had done wrong things, which was what his friends accused him of. And so, um, well, can we finish this thought? I don't know. Um, no matter what shows up in our lives. In everything, we are to give thanks. That's back in Thessalonians where it says rejoice evermore. Again, you don't see a caveat to these rejoice evermore, you know, except for when things just don't make sense or are incredibly bad. There's no caveat there. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And specifically, if you know the Lord Jesus as your savior, we have been put in Jesus We have been put into him and he has been put inside of us. I am a living, breathing, walking, talking temple. That's that's who I am now. And so, listen, no matter what comes up in our lives, nobody can take that from me. Nobody. The legislatures can get together and legislate everything they want, but they cannot take Jesus Christ from me. And, and I wish I had the verse from Peter where it says, whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And listen, folks, you could find the most precious thing on planet Earth today and you could offer that in exchange for what I have in Christ Jesus. And it is not. There is no contest. The most valuable thing on planet Earth cannot compare to having Jesus Christ as your savior. Nothing can. No ideal circumstances, no fortuitous thing that anybody could offer you could compare with having Jesus Christ on the inside and having the opportunity to commune with God on a first name basis. (laughs) And that's the truth. And not only that, but he knows me through and through and he desires for me to know him. And so, listen, our place is to accept God knows best. God knows best in my life in all things. And listen, I think it's entirely appropriate to say, Lord, I could never I could never wish for these things to happen. But thank you for what you're doing that I do not understand. That's that's the whole point of number two. And so. uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen anybody yet. Yeah, honey. Can we have the blanks? Oh, you want the blanks? 
you may not come back if I give you the blanks. But you may not be teaching next week. I think I am. Yeah, I am. Hey, Pastor, am I teaching next week? Uh, yes, you are. Woo-hoo. <laughs> 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 yeah. So next week I'm preaching at the camp. They asked me to preach a long time ago for their staff training. So we'll be back to biblical worldview this next Wednesday night. Okay. Okay. We're we're yeah. You're at a different kind of biblical worldview right now. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of who you are. Thank you for the the preciousness of your gift to us of, Lord, you, of you in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us the truths that we need to hear. And we are thankful, Lord, for your guidance. We pray for your blessing on everyone here tonight. Lord, you've heard all the prayer requests that were mentioned. Everyone from a, from a, a very important, uh, caring point of view. And we pray that you please meet these needs. We pray specifically for Pastor Ken. Be with him and uh, give him peace and strength right now. I pray for Joyce, for your blessing upon her to have special help and strength this week for the whole Biggs family. And uh, also for uh, for Ashley and her brother and, and uh, their family. Lord, give them special help and peace right now. And uh, and and we just pray that you please uh, grant, grant your help and your blessings, each one of us where we are, that we can hear your voice and uh, have the grace to follow you closely and, and to follow you by faith. And let people see Christ in us on a daily basis. We do pray that you'd help us, Lord, to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you and brings glory to you. Bless us all as we go home. Keep us safe. Bring us back at the next time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you.